Hello everyone, Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on this evening. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening to my next installment here um, of my college football breakdown series, um, continuing to break down all 133 teams of the FBS level. And in this segment, I will continue with the Ohio State Buckeyes, who last year went 11-2, and 8-1 in the Big Ten. Um, another another good year for Ohio State uh, until it was they were 11 and0 uh, facing Michigan and uh, got uh, defeated pretty handily in that game um, and then turned around made it to the college football playoff and hung right with Georgia losing um, by a by a field goal in a game or in a game that they could have won with the last second with a with a field goal at the end of the game. Uh, or tie the game, sorry, um, but they they were definitely the team last year that could have beat Georgia from a personnel perspective. They're, they're the closest team in the country to having that SEC-level talent year in, year out. <clears throat> and actually, during Ryan Day's tenure, they've had a top-five offense every single year. Um, I'm not saying by any means that that will not continue this season because I, I, I certainly think that it definitely could um, but there, there's some uh, new pieces offensively, a uh, new quarterback, and then uh, the offensive line loses uh, some very key pieces. So they're going to have to put some things together and get things going uh, rather quickly um, as their schedule uh, is is tough at the beginning of the year. So, But let's go ahead and jump into the breakdown. We're going to start, uh, of course, the Buckeyes play at Ohio Stadium. Everybody knows it as the horseshoe, the shoe, um, one of the marquee venues in the sport, obviously. I mean, everybody kind of knows that the horseshoe and what it means to college football and, and actually a personal um, thing, a personal story for me. My grandpa grew up across the street from the stadium, so as a child, he was a, a huge Ohio State fan and still is today, but um, just a really, really... I, I can only imagine how cool that would be growing up right across the street from one of the greatest stadiums in not only college football, but in sports in general. Um, the, the horseshoe seats, 102,780. Um, just a, you could go on and on about the great games that have been played at, at the horseshoe and just the amazing plays and players and everything that have played there and, and just the atmosphere one that I'm literally looking forward to going to in a couple years. Um, just it, it, it's one of those venues that it, I'm a stadium traveler, but it should be a bucket list item for anybody, any fan. Um, of course, everybody knows about the band dotting the I for home games. Just uh, just one of those things that you just kind of have to witness in person to know how special or to realize just how special it truly is. <clears throat> Next, uh, Going into a coach on the rise, I'm going with uh, Brian Hartline, who is the offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach, an alma mater, uh, or an alum, I should say, of Ohio State, graduated in 2009. Had a uh, pretty darn good uh, professional career himself. After having a really good college career, he uh, moved on to the NFL, where he played in 104 games, started 73 of them. 344 career catches, 4,766 yards, and 14 touchdowns during his career, um, mostly with the Miami Dolphins, Cleveland Browns, um, and joined the Ohio State staff in 2017. 
and has been around ever since. I was a quality control coach in 2017, uh, the interim wide receiver coach in 2018, then was hired as a wide receiver coach from 2019 to 2021, uh, served as, in 2022 as the passing game coordinator along with the wide receiver coach, and then this year gets bumped up to offensive coordinator, wide receiver coach. And, and I think it's only a matter of time uh, before Coach Hartline is a head coach at the FBS level, one of the brightest minds, bright young minds in college football. Um, of, of course, the receiving core that he has helped assemble year in, year out at Ohio State has has become – or down the road will become a story of lore. Just the players that they have had on this roster at the wide receiver position over the past handful of years, it, it just an assortment of riches, just unbelievable the amount of talent that they have had on this uh, on this roster at that position. And it will continue this year as they have three, maybe four first-round pick, or I shouldn't say first-round picks, but high draft picks on this roster at the wide receiver position. Um, looking at looking now into their uh, 2023 schedule, they open up uh, first game of the year, Big Ten play at Indiana. Now, Indiana is has been down the past couple years. Um, they they had a an upswing in 2019, 2020, um, but Indiana always plays well at home against the higher level teams, and and every year they seem to beat somebody. So Ohio State cannot take it lightly. Um, going to uh, Bloomington, Indiana, and, and I know they won't. They'll be ready to go. Um, they turn around the next weekend. They play FCS Youngstown State. And, and then the next game is one I have circled. They play Western Kentucky, who is going to be one of the premier G5 teams in the country next year. They return the nation's all-time or the nation's leading passer from last season in Austin Reed. And I have it circled because will Ohio State be looking ahead to the following week when they go to Notre Dame. They cannot do that against Western Kentucky because that is an elite offense with an unbelievable quarterback, a great set of wide receivers, and uh, a future pro at quarterback, I will add, <clears throat> and a, a solid defense. So Ohio State needs to be ready, and they can't be looking ahead to Notre Dame in that game, or they will be in a battle because Western Kentucky is one of the favorites to win Conference USA. And in my opinion... They have an outside chance of being that G5 representative in the New Year's Six Bowl. Um, so that's a game that that most years people might look at that and say, oh, Western Kentucky, Ohio State should be able to handle this game. And yes, they should. But this is a really, really good football team that people cannot take lightly. Um, then they go to Notre Dame, like I said, uh, going to be a, one of the marquee games of the season, honestly. Uh, not too much more needs to be said about that. Then they go back into Big Ten play, playing Maryland at Purdue, Penn State at Wisconsin, at Rutgers, Michigan State, Minnesota, and at Michigan. <clears throat> Some very interesting road games for Ohio State this year. Going to Indiana, that's not an easy place to play. Going to Notre Dame, obviously one of the toughest places in the country to play. Going to Purdue has been a place where Ohio State has struggled in years past albeit Purdue, brand-new coaching staff, brand-new team. Going to Wisconsin will not be easy. Facing off against former Buckeye uh, Luke Fickle in his first year at Wisconsin. Really interesting game there. Sandwiched between that Purdue and Wisconsin game is a home game against Penn State. Penn State is has the opportunity this year to be 
not only one of the best teams in the Big Ten, but one of the best teams in the country. Um, this could be the best Penn State team that James Franklin has had. Then going to Rutgers, that game, in my opinion, that one shouldn't be as big of an issue. And then, of course, going to Michigan, that is the game. I mean, that that all Buckeyes fans live for, um, especially the past couple years where it hasn't gone their way. So now going into a position-by-position breakdown now offensively, the Buckeyes lose two-time Heisman finalist C.J. Stroud to the NFL and have an open competition for the QB position. Uh, Kyle McCord and Devin Brown are fighting for the job. Uh, McCord is the odds-on favorite to win the job. Either way, though, uh, this position does take a step back this season. Obviously, if you lose a quarterback who's a two-time Heisman finalist, um, the number two pick in the NFL draft. I mean, this is a high-level quarterback, and I'm not saying that McCord isn't a very good, isn't a good quarterback because he is. There's a reason why you end up at Ohio State, but he isn't C.J. Stroud. Um, but still, I think moving forward, this position will be fine. Uh, the running back room is extremely deep. Uh, Travion Henderson, uh, Mayan Williams, Dalen Hayden, and Chip Trionum all are all good enough to start for most programs in the country. Henderson and Williams are the guys that, that get the most of the carries. But this the unit, those four guys combined for 2,042 yards and 25 touchdowns last season. Arguably the best running back room in the country when you put that group together. Uh, the receiving core just might be the best in college football, and, and I would say that it is. I mean – you got wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr., first-team All-American, uh, had 1,263 yards and 14 touchdowns. Uh, Mecca Igbuka, who had 1,151 yards and 10, 10 touchdowns. And Julian Fleming uh, will all play on Sundays, all three of those guys. And then tight end Cade Stover had 406 yards and five touchdowns. And he had the best season for a Buckeye tight end in nearly a decade. And then Ohio State has added uh, wide receiver Lorenzo Styles from Notre Dame, giving them another really, really good option at wide receiver. He was probably the Irish's best receiver the past year or so. Uh, and, of course, they play them this year. So that's something that always intrigues me when you add a player from a roster, especially a non-conference game, where you're adding somebody like that. Uh, could really give you some insight. And obviously a fantastic football player too. Um, the offensive line, this is where um, some questions could arise. They lose three to the NFL draft, leaving the center position and both tackle spots up in the air. Um, right guards Matthew Jones and left guard Donovan uh, Jones are the anchors of the unit. Um, the additions of Josh Simons from San Diego State and Victor Cutler from Louisiana Monroe do provide depth. But they have to figure the center position in both tackle spots. That's that's difficult to uh, to have to figure that out. You got a brand new quarterback, and your three probably your three most important spots on the offensive line, where you got to fill some holes and you got to do it quickly because you got a, a Big Ten road game to start the season. Um, shifting to the defense now, the defensive line has some really good weapons. Uh, defensive ends, J.T. Tumalalo and. Uh, Jack Sawyer could be one of the better duos in college football by season's end. And then defensive tackles, Michael Hall, Ty Hamilton, and Taliq Williams have great experience. Uh, the addition of defensive tackle 
Taiwan Malone from Ole Miss uh, provides some good depth at that position. <clears throat> then the linebacker core returns. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg, 120 tackles last year, second team All-American, one of the better players in college football. Uh, Steel Chambers and Cody Simon also return. The duo of Eichenberg and Chambers will be one of the best in college football. As Ohio State plays a 4-2-5 set, they'll use those two extensively. Um, and there's just a great group, great duo right there. Um, the secondary returns, cornerback Denzel Burke and Jim Thorpe Award semifinalist safety Lathan Ransom. Um, the additions of cornerback uh, Davison Igba. Bahansoon from Ole Miss and uh, safety Jahud Carter from Syracuse are massive. And then watch out for cornerback uh, Jordan Hancock and safety Sonny Styles and Josh Proctor to make some noise as well. Another group, good group at or at in the secondary, um, as you would expect at Ohio State. That's become the norm. Then on special teams, the kicking position should belong to uh, Parker Lewis, who was the starter at USC in 2021. Didn't play last year uh, after he transferred to the Buckeyes, but he should be, should be the starter. Then the punting job belongs to uh, Jesse Murko, who averaged over 45 yards per punt last season. And then final analysis, this is my opinion for the Buckeyes heading into the end of the season. This is the one of the most impressive rosters in college football. I think everybody kind of knows that year in, year out. I mean, the best receiving core in college football, arguably the best running back room in college football. Um, it, deep on the on the defensive line, uh, two of the best linebackers, secondaries deep. I mean, you look at it, and there's some just just impressive players all over this roster. And the Buckeyes will contend for a Big Ten title and national championship, of course, like they do every year. Um, but it will boil down to quarterback play, offensive line development, and the defense rising up to the occasion against the top teams. And I say that because last year when they played Michigan and Georgia, that defense was not the same defense that we saw the rest of the year. So they need to rise up to the occasion against those upper echelon teams. The offensive line development is is a key thing looking at it. Uh, whenever you got to replace your center and both your tackles, I mean, you really – those are huge pieces. Then, of course, a brand-new quarterback. Um, but this is Ohio State. Obviously, these guys that they're replacing them with are – the best of the best when it comes to uh, recruiting and uh, the players that they bring in. So I, I, I think uh, looking, looking at their schedule, like I said, I mean, there are some games that are, that are difficult. Um, those, those road games I'm very intrigued by. And then that, like I said, that Western Kentucky and then at Notre Dame back to back there, they, they cannot overlook the Hilltoppers. I think that's a, that's something to, worth looking at. So I uh, hope you enjoyed this breakdown. I love doing these. It's one of the favorite things that I do. Um, please like, subscribe, wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, give the uh, podcast Twitter account a follow at TNT College Foot One. Everybody have a good night. God bless.